everybody and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange and may the 4th be with you. I am Sal. And I am Joel, better known as Kate Joel. I'm I'm kind of your Chewbacca, right? I mean, if this yeah. show is the Millennium Falcon and you're Han, I guess I'm chewing. I mean, if I we are do doing the show, if we're going to talk about uh, Star Wars, I mean, I got my blaster, I got my Bespin or my my uh, my Endor poster. Uh, I got my Rancor. I'm ready to I'm ready to rock, man. May the fourth. This, this show Wars is ready Day. to do the Kessel Run, man. That's right. We will do it in less than twelve parsecs, which for some reason is a re is a measure unit of distance, but we'll use it to explain. Uh, um, uh, uh, the, the the speed of the ship. Uh, you know, it's funny, because we have this new Star Wars continuity and all the comics and all this other stuff to tie it, I really hope in one of the comics, Han just has to come clean and go, yeah, I made that parsec shit up. I had no, no idea No, they I explain it. I was trying to impress you. Oh, no, they explain it. Like, it, I think the idea, or at least before all of the, all of the Disney stuff, pre-Disney uh, and kind of pre-prequel, they had explained that I think that it was that the Kessel Run was adjacent to a gravity well, and mm. so Han shaves time and space off of the run by flying dangerously oh, oh. close to the gravity well, and he needs to be a fast ship to escape its gravity, but it also is a shorter like distance. Like it's like cutting the the curve of a of, of a of a racetrack. But if that racetrack had like a black hole in it, and you needed to be fast enough to escape its gravity, and um, only Han could do it because Han is such an uber badass. Yeah, um, there's that theory. I'm sure there's wormhole theories and all kinds of other stuff. I never gave a crap. Um, so, <laughs> like, because it's just a cool thing to say. It's, it's only when someone smarter comes in and says, "Well, actually, yeah, parsecs are unit of distance." And uh, thankfully, I was only friends with nerds, so I heard that crap all the time. What's amazing is. My nerd friends also didn't give a shit. They were like, well, who cares? It's Star Wars. I love it. I don't, I don't care. Han and the Kessel Run is like Spider-Man and Swing from Webs. I don't care how he does it. I just care that he does it. Yeah. Oh, my God. When people started, like, poking holes in that boat where Spider-Man, like, well, if his if his, if his webbing is strong as it is elastic, it would stretch infinitely. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> by, by far the worst culmination of that was in the Amazing Spider-Man series when they devote a good chunk of time to showing you how it could theoretically work and then having two nerds in the movie stop and have a conversation. I'm like, this makes me angry. I'm mad that you devoted this much time to this. You don't even bother. Just... I love there's, a, there's another topic for the list. In time for Homecoming, we got to talk about Spider-Man. Spider-Man movies and like a Spider-Man yeah. show. That's a good yep. one. I'll put go. that on the list. But uh, yeah, we're talking about Star Wars, everybody. So if you are in the chat and you like Star Wars, if you're watching this after the fact, uh, we're talking about Star Wars. And uh, let me tell you, May the 4th. Uh, I remember this was this is a relatively new nerd holiday. It is. In, it's because like that's. I'm glad you brought that up, Sal, because I wanted to say that. Do you think it's good that we celebrate May the Fourth, or is there something kind of creepy about the fact that we've all thrown behind what is ultimately this super super commercialized thing now? Yeah, I I I, I outright rejected it. Uh, when it first occurred, and I still kind of reject. Like I don't watch Star Wars on May the Fourth. I don't like wish people May the Fourth on a mm. on, you know on a yearly basis. Um, Je but Jedi is not our religion. We no, like it, but you know, uh, especially now that we know what Jedi are. Like after the prequels, I wanted to dis my distance myself from Jedi as much as humanly possible. You mean you don't like this creepy monk priesthood thing that they have going on? No, I don't. Like I liked the concept behind the Jedi when it was implied when they were like. Like four words said about the whole damn religion, uh, you know, Leota's whole mysticism thing, the, the way that it evolved from Star Wars, like Obi-Wan shows up and he's like, yeah man you gotta be a Jedi, we got cool fucking toys we get to wear these badass robes oh, yeah. uh, by the way the outfit that Obi-Wan wears when he's on Tatooine, that ain't a Jedi robe that's a thing that everyone who lives on Tatooine wears because it's yeah. hot as balls out there mm -hmm. uh, just like if you lived in a real desert yeah, it's legit, like Baru, uh, and I'm sorry, Owen wears the same freaking outfit. Like, that's yeah. just what people wear on Tatooine, and then people just associated Obi-Wan and his outfit with what Jedi wear, and then George is like, yeah, they all wear those. Like, <laughs> Of course, why else would he wear Why would that? they wear moisture-wicking robes everywhere, like, in the vacuum of space? It doesn't, no. But anyway, uh, that's one of the many problems that I have with the prequels, of course, and that's a prequel. Prequels is an episode, but, you know, this is it's, more it, of a well, celebration. It, it, it's kind of funny that we're doing this one, because if people remember the very first Elseworld Exchange, 
kind of exploded from just Sal and me talking about science fiction stuff. And Sal had the idea, well, shit, let's just turn the camera on for this stuff. And that was that was like 28 episodes ago. 28 now, episodes. I know this. I know this because you finally updated the SoundCloud. I'm like, oh, wow, we've been doing this for almost 30 episodes. That's right. Yeah, it is literally on SoundCloud. If you go to SoundCloud.com slash Comic Pop, boom, it's right there. I'll also include a link in the description box below this video uh, if you want to, like, listen to the show instead of watching it. Uh, Although I do implore you to watch it because this video is monetized. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, like... It's funny because I remember you saying, you know, like we did the first episode about Star Wars. I don't know. And I'm like, no, no, no. We didn't dedicate a whole episode to Star Wars. It evolved into Firefly and other stuff. Yeah, I was. It's more about science fiction through the lens of The Force Awakens having become a thing. Like it's coming into being. We didn't even get to see the movie yet. Uh, We were still anticipating what Force Awakens could be. And uh, and, and we kind of talked about like science fiction elements that birthed out of Star Wars, out of our fandom for Star Wars, what else did we find and enjoy? But, uh, yeah, this is just a whole Star Wars-centric episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're not one specific thing, but I think more about, like, Star Wars and fandom, which I think is going to be probably the crux of the episode, just, like, our our enjoyment slash fandom for Star Wars. Because that's all May the 4th is. It's, you know, it's a fan day is really what it is. Yeah, it's a legitimate celebration of the thing that exists in Star Wars. Um, it's funny because I outright rejected it as a nerd. I'm like, may the fourth be with you. So you're taking a kind of derogatory impression of a nerd. That is to say, yeah. like using a lisp and having them say the force, but it's the fourth. And mm. it, it just, for me, it rubbed me the whole wrong way. But I have a real problem with hallmarkification of holidays. Like, I yeah. dig certain holidays that, like, transcend its commercialism or like cele- Christmas. Yeah, like Christmas or it like celebrates its commercialism like Christmas. Uh yeah. you know where it's like or no Halloween even. Buy shit and people will love you and it will celebrate togetherness. I'm down for that or hey, let's eat everything on the table. Like I'm totally down for these holidays. Like American Thanksgiving. Yes. But uh the the there are other holidays that I really hate like there's one coming up here called Mother's Day oh, which yes. I outright loathe. I hate Mother's if, Day. If you're, if you're a good son every day should be Mother's Day. Right, but like for me, Mother's Day is the worst holiday, or at least it's one of the worst holidays, because number one, manufactured. Because Sal hates moms. I hate my mom. Uh, no, it's <laughs> it's manufactured, it's forced, it's bullshit, it's made up, it's fake. Uh, that's number one, has no roots in anything except like, do you love your mom? Show her on this day. It's, it's a greeting card created thing. We need to sell more cards and flowers and candy around this time. So it was arbitrarily picked to at random. Because like, you know what Mother's Day is? Your mom's birthday. That's Mother's yeah. Day. Like that's when you celebrate your mom's birthday. Because if you don't know, if you don't have a mom, you don't celebrate Mother's Day. So that's the day. Um, and even if you don't have a mother, I'm sure you have plenty of mother figures in your life who you should also be, you know, and showering. They have a birthday, and you could just celebrate it then. But for <laughs> but for me, it's the worst because like if you put like okay, so as a as a as a son or as a person who has to celebrate Mother's Day, who's, who's obliged to celebrate it, mm-hmm. um, you you have to come up with another gift for a mother figure, which is impossible, and then you have to show up and do some awkward dinner thing that either a father figure or father has to arrange, uh, and it's just, just bogus. And then you put yourself in the position of the mother, right? You're the mom. And Mm. you have to endure your hapless, inane family (laughs) tripping over themselves, trying to celebrate you, even though they don't really want to. Like, nobody, everyone is, everyone feels obligated to do something. Nobody wants to. Like, Like, Mother's Day should be a day where mothers get to fuck off. Like, they take their shit and they go for the day. Go somewhere. Or everybody else goes away. You know, like, Mother's Day should be, leave your poor mother the fuck alone for a day. Because Uh. she goddamn deserves it. Like... But, you know, for and and that's that's a day like that's a day that you can arbitrarily pick and put on the calendar and it doesn't have to take the place of a birthday because birthdays, you know what, like if you want to celebrate your birthday uh, by yourself, that's fine. But, you know, some people like to celebrate birthdays with family and loved ones or friends. So don't ruin a birthday with that. But Mother's Day is just a day where it's like, Mom, here's some goddamn money. Get out of here. Or I'll get out of here. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. That's what I like about... Like, if Mother's Day were that... If my mom were in on that, that, you know, adage, 
I think we'd all be okay, but uh, unfortunately, my mom wants to have dinner in Newark, New Jersey, so oh, off it, I it, go on Sunday for a Newark dinner. It, at least, at least it's not Life Day. Let's look at it that way. At least we have May the Fourth and not Life Day. I, at least I like Life Day. I think that's a funnier. I think that's a better idea. I think it's more inside. Life Day is a way better joke because number one, it has its roots in Star Wars. It's kind of niche because not everyone has seen the Star Wars holiday special, and God bless you for not watching it because <laughs> it really is unwatchable it will take about a couple of days off your life it is oh uh, oh i i did it i did it last year i did a whole big oh. commentary track on it, it it's, was it's it unfucking watchable i watched it in high school back before you could watch it on youtube yeah. and uh it required access to basement comic cons and nice. backwards dealing like legitimate like do you tape have trade, the, man. tape trading? Do you have the Star Wars holiday special? Yeah, I've got the Star Wars holiday special. Well, I'll, listen, I'll trade you a copy of this the, Justice League TV movie that ran one time. I'll only. give you the the Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie for the mm. Star Wars holiday special. Then you put it in, and you got to endure boring as hell union commercials and oh, yes. and the terrible goddamn special itself, which which features the first 20 minutes of uninterrupted Wookiee conversations with no subtitles. It's the worst thing ever. But you also get to... Itchy, stinky, and mala. But you also get uh, Carrie Fisher totally high on drugs. Just gacked out of it. It's just great. totally destroyed. Um, that would be... like That's kind of fun. hard on that woman. Yeah. She... She kind of asked for it. <laughs> she, that being said, she also cleaned herself up pretty good. I mean, she just did. look at her in Force Awakens now. It's like, good to see you're still kicking Carrie. Exactly. No, I respect the shit out of Carrie Fisher in some regards. But I, I, uh, mean, I, I guess that is a good topic for Star Wars. There are a lot of people, and there's plenty of evidence to, to, you know, to prove this, that if your name wasn't Harrison Ford, Star Wars basically destroyed your movie career. Yeah, I mean... I think that bad decisions could destroy your movie career. Like, Mark Hamill fucking made it work, but he also, needed... Also, Mark Hamill had a terrible motorcycle crash at some point in between, too. Yeah. He needed Star Wars. Like, let, there's no doubt about it. Mark Hamill is the most... is, is such a talented man, and he's so great, and he's so awesome, and he, he's... He's and the a true nerd too. He's the perfect celebrity. He's, he's the perfect person to like in the, yeah. like, Hollywood scheme. Uh, but... Uh, he really, really needed that because making Guyver movies and Wing Commander voiceovers are I not going to I forgot he wasn't Guyver and Wing Commander. <laughs> uh, James Earl Jones made it out, uh, Radio uh, Nick V, but James Earl Jones had a career before Star Wars. It's true. And also, he wasn't really in the movie. His voice was in the yeah, movie. Yeah, he could have been anybody. Like They if, if they could have called like Tim Curry if George Lucas had seen Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's true. You know, and, and obviously, of course, you know, I mean, he had a great second career, Mark Hamill, as a voice actor and as the best Joker ever. But we're saying as far as movies go, Jay, Yes, I mean, like, uh, I would take Mark Hamill just as a Joker any day of the week, but... Yeah. Uh, he, but he needed the cloud of Star Wars to like perpetu to to, to launch his star. It's scary to think of the road not traveled. Imagine if he didn't get in that motorcycle accident. Then it would have been Tim Curry. Then it would have been Tim Curry. And imagine if he had stayed in movies. Oh, yeah. Well, he wouldn't have for very long. <laughs> you don't think? You don't think he was that great an actor? Hamill I think Mark Hamill's a. Star. I think Mark Hamill's a fun actor. I don't think that he has the. I don't think he had the chops. He, he's not Sir Lawrence Olivier. He's not even Harrison Ford. Like, <laughs> who is Harrison Ford played the same guy in every movie? Harrison for Ford's me. played the same guy for like the last twenty five years. Um, but uh, Carrie Fisher is, is is another one who tried and she got out. Like, she was in Harriet Sally. She was in a bunch of other movies. Um, in fact, she has one of my favorite, uh, lines from When Harry Met Sally, which is, if you've never seen When Harry Met Sally, by the way, it's a lovely rom-com, it subverts the genre, kind of plays with it a little bit, it kind of redefined what rom-coms would, would be, like, every cliche you know about a rom-com was created by movies like When Harry Met Sally, which was, like, a subversion of the genre, uh, but there's a moment where, uh, Carrie Fisher and her boyfriend are having an argument about a really, really hideous, uh, wagon wheel coffee table. It's legitimately mm. like a wagon wheel from like the old like West and it's got glass on top of it and they're moving in together and she's like, this has to go. And he's like, this came with me. This, this survived so many years. Like this is mine. Um, and, and I'm never going to part with it. And Harry and Sally get into an argument. That's uh, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. And yeah. they get into a huge argument, a huge blowout and they leave. And uh, Harry, 
like just loses his mind and he's just like they will you know you're just gonna be arguing over over what's mine and what's yours like you're gonna be arguing over this stupid hideous Roy Rogers wagon wheel coffee table and then he leaves and then they both go and then the two of them like kind of Carrie Fisher and her boyfriend kind of like unite and hug and like kind of connect over their dysfunction and she says tenderly and with love in her heart I just want you to know that no matter what, I will never like that coffee table. <laughs> and I'm like, that's fucking gold. Like that's this chick's got chops. Right and just Star Wars in general. Star Wars: A New Hope. Carrie Fisher had it. Oh yeah. She couldn't. Her every line by Carrie Fisher in the original Star Wars is gold. Like we, we see her first before like any of uh, the other heroes. We first see her main first. character we see. Uh, yeah. Her her speech is a little stiff, but it's also written by George Lucas, so we got to give it a pass. But she also George says, Lucas, how is we who as we found out much later was not an actor's director. Not so much. Although it's funny, we've heard stories and we just ch- chose not to believe them about his directorial style. If you've never heard the stories about George Lucas directing Han, Luke, and Leia in the original Star Wars, the the line he never said like, okay, in this scene, you're just you're just distraught. You're ruined over the loss of your your, your planet. But you have to you have to keep it inside because you're royalty. And you can't give away the location of the hidden base. So you gotta keep it all together. Like, no. He just said faster and more intense. That was his great direction. That was his direction. And by the way, like I will say it worked because the movie is intense and the characters do like really give their lines pretty, pretty fast. And it's kind of gold. Like you, they almost skip over any bad lines, like any lines that might be considered like, or like that wasn't really that great. They just, they just zip through it. So it's, you're just having such so much fun. You're not even thinking about the, the stupid things they're saying. I don't know. So, yeah, uh, I think Carrie Fisher would have survived. But, uh, so, Joel, here's my question to you, man. Yes. Favorite one from the original trilogy? I mean, you know, it's hard to pick because, I mean, these movies are cultural touchstones. They changed pop culture. They helped create nerd culture and the identity that we know of. I mean, heck, this, I mean, our younger fans might not realize this, but these movies were so molten hot back in the day. You couldn't get the T-shirt and the merchandise. You had to send away for the action figures, and they're like, yeah, we promise you'll have them by Christmas. We're, We're working on them. Yeah. It's funny. Um we'll get back to this question in a second because I want to talk about like let's talk about being fans of Star Wars Mm -hmm. I was a fan of Star Wars back when it was really not cool uh and when I'm a little younger than you yeah when people really considered Star Wars to be a depreciating asset uh there were Star Wars magazines but there were they were lame and nobody cared (laughs) and you know like I remember uh, they they still made toys, but it was hard to find, and you had to go like through magazines and crap to grab. Like, if you wanted a Star Wars shirt, you had to, you either had to go to a, a like a like a card game store or a hobby mm. shop or like. I don't know. Even like crappy stores like Hot Topic didn't have Star Wars shirts back then. <laughs> Which yeah, that's another thing too. You want to talk about how nerd culture has gone mainstream now? It's hard not to find Star Wars shirts and merchandise. You can these literally days. get any Star Wars shirt you want. You want a Boba Fett shirt? You want a Kylo Ren you shirt? It. You want a shirt of Ponda Baba? You got it. You want a fucking uh, the more obscure the better. You want a Mamanadon uh, tree ornament? You got it, man. I got two. You know, uh, it's it, it's. It's come to the point where you're almost punished for being a huge fan because there's no secret corners left. It's true. Star Wars helped create the whole, like, merchandising thing. It revolutionized it. It was never a thing before. They were the first to be like, no, we're shirts and lunchboxes and playing cards and everything. Yeah, it's true. Um, I remember when it was fun to scavenge for Star Wars merchandise. Because just some guy with the mustache got it perfectly. Yes, Spaceballs the game. Spaceballs the bit. You're right. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Well, Spaceballs is a perfect distillation of the of of kind of like what Star Wars would eventually become. You know, yeah, a, uh, a parody of itself. A parody of itself, and also like the it it, it didn't go far enough, but it that's why it's so great. Like Spaceballs doesn't make every joke at, at the movie's expense. It becomes kind of its own animal, which I kind of really appreciate. Much like the great parody movies do, something that would be picked up later by the likes of Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead and all. Oh my god, yeah. 
so yeah, what's your favorite Star or what? Let before we get to there, what's what was the first Star Wars movie you ever saw? Uh, believe it or not, it was my mother who started me on them because she was a fan of them. And it's just like, oh, you know, I, I think you'll dig this. So, you know, she showed me A New Hope. And I think I was a little too young to get it at the time. I didn't really appreciate it mm -hmm. when I first saw it. It wasn't until later on where I really, really got into it. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just just so many great things you could name because, I mean, they're, they're part of our culture. You know, Luke doing the run along the Death Star there yep. and blowing it up for the first time. The sage advice of Yoda and everything, you know, with these eternal words to live by, do or do not, there is no try. Yeah, yeah. Such great stuff. You know, I I love you, I know. Yeah. Oh, my God, well. Uh, and, of course, all, like, the secret uh, lines that you, or, or secrets about making the movie that you didn't, that you you would hear from other people and you that weren't sure. I got into later the story behind it when I really started to get into film and movies and that made me respect it even more where you're like wow this was basically an indie film made on nothing but dreams and hope yeah yeah uh I, I it's funny I was actually thinking about that recently because I I loved um what was it it was um I loved the phenomenon of Star Wars later uh, mm -hmm. I was shown Empire Strikes Back for the first time when I was a kid, like a very, very young kid. It was on television, oh, and nice. my parents were like, come in here, you might enjoy this. And it was the uh, the assault on Hoth, and I thought it was so boring. <laughs> and I'm like, no. And my parents are like, stick around, give it a minute, you know? And we, mm -hmm. get to, we get to Dagobah, and it's like, they're just talking and running through the woods. I'm like, this is so boring. I have no interest in this. And uh, and then I went to my friend's house, and his parents had all the Star Wars action figures from the '70s and '80s, mm. and all like the fig and all the the like they had an Adat, and they had a Tie Fighter, they had the Falcon, like they had all these fucking toys, and we used to play with them uh, because we were you know children with action figures, yeah. and we would create these scenarios and these like these events, these stories, and I'm like, wait, 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 what actually happens though? Like, what, what are, what are these? What's the story that these figures are supposed to tell? And so we would watch Star Wars as we would play with these action figures, mm. and then I'd be like, just I try and learn the lore, learn the lore. But I'd also be like, well, let's take breaks. Like, well, what, what about what if we, what if this happened instead? And then we'd go in another direction entirely with the figures from that story, um, and. It, it was just kind of like it organically became a part of who I was, even though I didn't really consciously enjoy Star Wars. Like I right. I forced myself to like it because I wanted to use my imagination. And uh, and then in, as I became a teenager and I met some of the people who would define who I am as a person, mm -hmm. they were like, I love Star Wars. And I'm like, okay, well, let, let's get back into it. Let's see how Star Wars is again. And I'm like, oh, this is the... And it hit me at just the right time. Like, 14, I watched yeah. Star Wars again, and I'm like, oh, I get it now. And, of course, because I used to play with, like, my friend with action figures at, like, age 9, 10, 11, we would just... The, the movies were, were recorded even if I wasn't consciously watching them. Mm -hmm. So you'd be, I'd be watching them being like, that's what that means? Or like, oh, that's what we were, what was happening during that scene? And like, you know, you'd be thinking about the dialogue and then you'd be thinking about the subtext and then you'd be thinking about oh, yeah. the story behind the story and not necessarily about like what George was doing, but more about mm -hmm. like, what's that puppet? character and what's he yeah, really. doing what's his story and that's the other thing you know merchandise and kind of being a blessing for star wars every character in the background of the cantina and yeah. every weird little puppet you can bet had at least a paragraph long uh entry in the star wars wikipedia oh yeah and pre-wikipedia you had to buy these star wars books these like large character books that uh were like unofficial and they had total bios of the characters and oh, yeah. their race name and what they were really like from and the planet that they were from and like what and it, there'd always be like one sentence that tied it in with the movie and you'd just be completely de like dedicated to oh yeah to, to figuring out the whole lore it was it was like a like a like an adolescent uh, anthropology project where you're oh, just, yeah. you're just oh, digging totally. through this culture trying to figure it all out. Uh, that the, was The world of yeah. Star Wars, I think, is its greatest, you know, one of the greatest things it had going for it is yeah. that because they wrote so much, and obviously they would come in and retcon stuff later, but it felt like a lived-in world. Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, that was the beginning of a lived-in science fiction world, which is, of course, like hand in hand with with science fiction like that's and what, a dirty grimy science fiction world too yeah lived in old broken 
you know, like almost like our world might even be better by comparison when you yeah. when you compare it to uh, to this. Uh, so yeah. The, the first one I ever saw was Empire. You saw A New Hope for the first time. Mm-hmm. Which one was your favorite after you got through them? Mm. Well, I mean, you know, obviously it, it's hard to divorce how I felt then from how I feel now. Where, I mean, a lot of people will tell you, and it's hard to argue where they're like, you know, Empire Strikes Back, maybe the greatest sequel, if not one of the greatest sequels of all time. Oh, yeah. Obviously, like one, one of the greatest nerd movies of all time. So much of what we think is Star Wars is taken from that movie, the Luke, I am your father, all those other amazing quotes that are taken from that one. Yep, every Yoda line, every Vader line. Vader doesn't, I, I argue Vader doesn't even really like, Vader's interesting or scary, but Vader, Vader doesn't get cool until Empire. It's true. I mean, he was just a henchman. He was just a heavy in the first one. Yeah, I mean, you, he was clearly the main villain. He's the he's the the antagonist of, the, of A New Hope, but... You know, he says some cryptic things, and he kills Obi-Wan Kenobi, and that's kind of it. And then he gets, yeah. like, knocked out of orbit by Han Solo, and you just move on. and like Knocked into space where he was probably just floating out there for a long time until someone picked him up. Yeah. Uh, then we get to Empire, and, they give him, and they're like, Vader's cool, and here's why. Let's get into yeah. it. Um, my favorite when I was growing up was Return of the Jedi. Mm. Uh, and the reason was because it looked the best. It did. And it had the most going on. The space battle and it couldn't had Jabba. be beat. It had Jabba. It had it was like taking the Cantina scene and turning it up to eleven, the Jabba what a, scene. What great build up to Jabba until they ruined it with the special editions and everything, where it's like, Oh, you know, Jabba's looking for, you know, Jabba who who is this Jabba guy? And you built him up in your mind what you thought he looked like, then you mm-hmm. finally saw him and it completely subverted your expectation. Like, oh, he's a weird slug gangster man. Yeah. I remember my my uh my brother once uh when when the when the uh the re-releases came out in 97. Uh, I asked my brother what his favorite character, or what character, you know, what his favorite character from Star Wars was, and he's like, Jabba the Hutt. And I'm like, why? He's horrible. He's, a, he's an <laughs> evil space slug. He goes, well, the guy clearly eats well. Uh, he's surrounded by women. Yeah. Uh, he clearly got like a couple hundred years, and then he's choked to death by a woman in a bikini. I mean, I can't, yep. I can't imagine a better way to, way to go out. <laughs> That's like, solid. That's solid reasoning. I'm like you. Everything about you completely crystallized in that one moment. Plus, um, plus, he's the most fun character to imitate. <laughs> I love using uh, using my Jabba quotes when it comes to my fat cat Zoe. Whenever she comes oh, in the room, oh, I'm like, ho, 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 ho. best laugh. Ho, 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 ho. It's a, it's like it's like evil slug Santa. Um, it really is. Also, I mean, I mean, Jabba's palace scene. Just so great there. I mean, obviously, there's the stuff with the band where it's like what the band used to be and what the band is now. Yeah, Psy Snoodles and the, like, yeah. What, what a great name, Psy Snoodles. Psy Snoodles. And Psy Max Snoodles. Rebo. Psy Snoodles oh. was the lead singer in Max Rebo's band. Yeah, there you go. Anyway. <laughs> Chang Chang's in a wedding. No, that, no. Psy Snoodles sang in the original one, too. I know. And it's, that was Lop Neck, if I remember correctly. It was. And, uh, uh but I do, I miss uh, figuring Dan and the modal nodes. I liked the, those are the alien, like the large-headed characters from the cantina. I mean, geez, we could do a whole thing just about how great the music is in Star Wars oh and that helped. Not that even was, just the John Williams score, which is immortalized now. That was uh, one of the few albums that like I needed to own as opposed to like things that I was like, oh, I might want to own that someday. I went to Costco and I got like this huge box that had every album or like, you know, A New Hope, Empire, Jedi, and then bonus music that you wouldn't normally get but came with this anyway and it had like deleted scene music and it had like ex- extended versions of things it had like extra mm. cantina songs it was i was like this is amazing uh, Heck, I, they did a they did a disco version of the main star wars theme and that was a one hit wonder hit for a little bit oh i believe it well yeah disco back then definitely um, just just take that classic dun 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 nah, put a disco thing on yep. it yeah there you it go instant hit <laughs> Uh, so, okay, Star Wars, it's, it's so big, it's hard to be like, let's do the Star Wars show, like, let's talk about Star Wars, and the millions of space critters, and the, like, 
decades of continuity and the expanded universe and then the legends version of it, of that and then like the shows which, which and the for cartoons. those wondering the legends version is basically the old continuity before disney bought it and changed stuff around yes uh yeah of course uh nimrod mentioned bill murray's uh lounge singer version of the star wars theme that was the thing you're putting lyrics to songs that don't have lyrics mm-hmm. um yeah I, when i grew up under Star Wars, I I got into the to the to the universe. I got into the into the lore. I like that under Star Wars. I studied under Star exactly. Wars. Exactly. I well lived under the umbrella of Star Wars, and uh, I I it's funny because I remember there being books, and there were a couple that I remember being recommended. Um, when I first found out there were books after getting into the movies and stuff, I'm like, oh shit, there's books? And I grabbed one because I'm like, they all got to be like Star Wars. And I picked up Truce at Bakura. And I went, never again. And I threw it away. And then uh, my friends were like, no, 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 you have to be careful. You have to get them. The- only the ones that say Zahn on them. Yeah, Timothy uh, Zahn. And uh, that's when you found out about the Heir-, the Heir to the Empire trilogy by Timothy Zahn. And you're like, oh, this is where Admiral Thrawn comes into play. This is where Marriage Jade shows up. This the, is where- the true sequels that aren't true anymore the this is where the coruscant was invented mm. uh you like and you know when coruscant was referenced in the prequels and then like d- uh, established that was a timothy zahn invention so we were like okay cool lucas read the zahn books we're gonna see shit like what we saw in the zahn books no never um, by the way uh early 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 new york comic cons timothy zahn went to a couple uh-huh. And back then, you know, fewer people went to those cons, and so like you could just wander right up to Timothy Zahn, and we have a book. <laughs> we have one of the. I don't, we have a couple books signed by Zahn. I don't know where the hell they are, but um, we took some pictures with him, and uh, we we took one with me. You know, I'm standing with Zahn. I'm like, this is Timothy fucking Zahn. He created Thrawn, and we're just we're just standing there. That's the picture. Then Tiffany gets in the picture, and he's like, he puts his hand on her back, and he's like. I'm like, what are you doing, son? <laughs> I, 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 again, my, my chat is a little behind. I couldn't see the movement that you made. Oh, he slid his hand down a little bit. Uh, I'm like, whoa, son. Naughty, naughty, Timothy. Yeah, <laughs> by the way, and, and he never, like, went all the way and, like, you know, groped anything. But <laughs> He wasn't Hong Kong. No, but he certainly didn't, like, take liberties with my back. Let's <laughs> tell me that. Um, and I, you know, and I fucking, I mentioned Joris Kaboath, and he didn't even blink an eye. <laughs> and he didn't give me nothing, man. Yeah, I exactly. What the no. hell? Oh, sure. Play uh, favorites, why don't you? <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I read Heir to the Empire and and the rest of them, and then that's kind of it. Like, I read the I read a couple of, like, those awful Kevin J. Anderson books, like the uh, the, can- the Tales from the Cantina and the Bounty Hunter who, stories. Yeah, I was going to say, who, who's the lady who wrote all those Mandalorian books, and in her mind, the Mandalorians are the true heroes of the Star Wars That's universe. a great question. I do not know. Um, I'll have to look that up, actually. She, yeah, she, she calls her fans Fandalorians, and in her books... <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. In her books, the Mandalorians are the true power in the universe, not the Jedi, not the Sith, but them. That's freaking bizarre! Yeah. I liked the idea of Mandalorians being, like, Imperial bloodhounds that sniffed mm. out the Force, but... I don't know. Mandalorian's not the true power in the universe. I will say... Uh, according to this lady. Yeah. Can we talk Can we talk a little bit about what we thought the prequels were going to be? Mm, there's a good idea. Because there was a time when we existed before the prequels, and all we had were books, and Lucas had a, had a mandate out that said, you can write any fucking sequel you want, you can talk about... you can, And you can go as far back as five years before A New Hope. Yeah. You can't... You can't tell anything about what happened before, or you can go yeah. back a thousand years. You could do like the New Jedi or like the old, the old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic, yeah, which but, is also great in its own. Yes, it was right. Uh, but you can't do the prequels. You can't like cover that ground in any way because I want to do it. And so there was a lot of expectation, and there was like this magazine I had that like had a whole rundown of what we were expecting to see, what we'll probably see, and they were like, "Here are some things that we're gonna see." Nothing came true from that yep, magazine. Pretty much. Um, one of them was that Anakin was supposed to fall into a molten pit. Uh, like oh, an industrial like molten pit, like not a volcano. Like the Joker, he would fall into some acid. Exactly. Uh, another was that uh, Boba Fett was supposed to be like 
was supposed to have helped uh, Vader hunt down and destroy the Jedi. Uh, another was that the Mandalorian Super Commandos were going to be really, really important, and that they were involved in the Clone Wars. That, like, the Clone Wars were actually a fight between the Jedi and the Mandalorians. There's a lot of, like, expectations, and just... Yep, we lost Joel. <laughs> <laughs> so we lost so yeah we were supposed to have these these mandalorians <laughs> joel you back yeah i'm i'm back now all right that cool. was weird. there's That's no video good. but you're back karen travis is the lady who likes those or who wrote those books and she didn't like me talking crap about the mandalorians <laughs> she, uh, she she sent a mando hit squad after me right oh, now she sent the fets yeah um, the fet the fet squad yeah it's uh, not the mod squad it's the fet squad right but there's a lot of like there were a lot of expectations and and hopes and and dreams of course that the prequels were going to deliver on um that they never could you know it's like obviously they were bad but also maybe our expectations were too high at the same time I don't I mean like you, it it was an insurmountable task to make a prequel to Star Wars even it though was, it was an insurmountable task and a task old, older George was not up for No well, the thing was, he only had directed two movie or three movies, and the last one was Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So, like, you kind of needed to have some experience doing that, and it was obvious from like actor interviews way back in the day that he wasn't really that great of a director even back then. Yeah. So it was just kind of like, I don't know. I mean, like. Yeah, let's not talk about the prequels. <laughs> That's a whole episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is a celebration show is what this is. We're, we're talking about what we love about Star Wars and what makes us happy about it. Now, on the continuity thing, because obviously we're continuity people and we love talking about yes. it, Star Wars was the first time I ever saw a tiered continuity system where this is G continuity. This comes from George Lucas himself. This is expanded universe continuity, and then it just goes lower and lower. Like, this is video game continuity. This is... yeah. And it's funny because I, I remember there used to be like a special like like a logo that went on books that George Lucas himself signed off on. I remember that that he put his stamp of approval on your canon and your canon. Exactly. Uh, let's talk a little bit about apropos that um, the phenomenon that was Shadows of the Empire. Mm, I, I think a lot of people don't even remember what that is now. It's been so long. Shadows of the Empire was almost the title of The Force Awakens. It was called Shadow of the Empire. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they were like, there's a huge thing that's called that. Don't use it. And they were like, all right. Um, fine then. Fine. But Shadows of the Empire was this really, really cool thing. And it was amazing for it to have come out around the same time that I really, really got, like, went full Star Wars. And... It was uh, it was this uh, this this notion from the Lucas camp that was let's do everything that we would do if we were releasing a movie. Yeah, except Only for the movie, we won't have a movie, but we'll have a whole push attached to it. We'll have games, and we'll have comics, and we'll have all sorts of stuff. We will, and it, and this will be like the like the the first formal Lucas sanctioned like this. If anything is in question. Shadows of the Empire fucking happened. Um, and it it had an N64 game. It had a yes, comic book series. It had sure trading it cards. Uh, it had new characters. It, it had, was a whole rollout. It was a whole rollout. A soundtrack. Not by John Williams, of course. A little, little too pricey for a, for a soundtrack for no movies that doesn't exist. Bit. But uh, the soundtrack for Shadows is pretty good. And you can catch it on YouTube if you type in Shadows of the Empire soundtrack. It's pretty good. Like... It's a it and it's a great way if you're ever making a Star Wars fan film, just grab some of that, throw that in there. People be like, whoa. Mm. Um, there's uh, are, are, are you saying we're gonna go make uh make a Star Wars fan film? Just you, me, and all the other guys from the Weekly Poll. There is no way you could get me to do a Star Wars fan film now. <laughs> hey, 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 we could kickstart that. I'm pretty sure the fans would give us a lot of money, and we could do it. You could write it. I'll be somebody. There's, I think that at this point there is. Because of the disnification of Star Wars, and yeah, you, you probably wouldn't be able to do it now. Not only would you not be able to get away with it, but like, there's so much that they've. They used to, okay. There used to be a time when you would watch Star Wars and you would speculate about like a character or a background character or not what anymore. happened before. Not only did they fill in all the gaps with all the crap from like card games and books and novels and comics and all that stuff uh 
then after Disney, all that gets thrown away, but there's still shows, Clone Wars, uh, Rebels, um, which I love, the Rebels other Clone Wars. Wars cartoon, which is also yeah. really cool. The, the Gendy Tartakovsky one, which is sadly not canon anymore, despite the fact how people will fight me on that one. It isn't anymore. That one's not counted amongst the canon. That's too bad, because it was the only thing from the prequels that I liked. Same, same here. And it's you actually find yourself in a weird position where it's like, well, what about all the stuff that kind of takes over from that Clone Wars to the other Clone Wars show? Apparently doesn't count anymore. Yeah, like everybody who played a voice or uh, yeah. the or the General Grievous, like, coughing fit. Mm -hmm. That is the coolest right. moment, and it explains, well, it, it almost apologizes for General Grievous. Almost. Because um, he's really cool in that show, and then he's really not. He's, he's amazing in those Clone Wars shorts. He is the goddamn Predator, is yeah. what he is. Just taking out Jedi left, right, and center. He's the coolest thing. It's, then you then you see the movie, and you're like, oh, oh, they didn't get the memo, did they? No, he is lame. Uh, it's, it's, okay, in the General Grievous episode, he hunts down, he, like, he does what Vader takes ten years to do in, like, an hour. And he sure hunts does. down and kills, like, all these Jedi. Then he gets to Mace Windu and Yoda. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and and Mace Windu's like, let's do this. And then General Grievous blasts out the four arms with the four lightsabers. And oh, then yeah. Mace Windu just uses the force and crushes his lungs. Yep. It's like, oh, right. I know how to use the freaking force. At the end of the day, you're a robot who uses lightsabers. And I'm magic. Like... <laughs> I am a magic space monk. Look at my magic space monk. Just, dick. just what a cool moment! Like uh, out of a out of, out of a show or out of a saga that I just had no respect for whatsoever. Um, but there's so many cracks filled in. You know, it's almost impossible to really like do a story that hasn't been told in Star Wars at some it's point. True. Or another. The Force Awakens is the name of a Star Wars fan film. Like it is. It really is. <laughs> um, I do. You know what? Let's talk about the Star Wars fan film for a second because there's a lot of them. There was a whole cottage industry that sprung up in the time between the originals and the prequels when we didn't think we'd be getting any more Star Wars. Yes, when we thought there was never going to be any more Star Wars, and we were just going to get three movies, a terrible holiday special. Oh yeah, and uh, and and Shadows of the Empire, which is like a, a threatened movie. Like, man, when that movie, when that when that phenomenon hit. The expectation of there being a Star Wars animated movie starring the original cast... Oh, yeah. ...was like everyone was expecting it to happen, and then nothing. Would have been cool. Would have been really cool. Uh, sadly, no. Uh, and also, re, <laughs> the, re... The chat was quick to bring up the fan film, the uh, Cops parody Troops. Troops. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was the first one I ever saw. Troops is one of the first ones I ever saw. Troops is amazing, not only because of its parody uh, and its like cleverness, but because it launched the career of the guy who created it. And he did an amazing Star Wars Dark Horse miniseries, which you need to see. Oh, if you nice. like Star Wars, if you love Star Wars, and you could you could even like the prequels, but if you prefer the old ones and enjoy the prequels in some way, then I implore you to go look up Tag and Bink Are Dead. Mm. It is a play on Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. I was just about to say. Uh, but Tag and Bink Are Dead is about two guys... Who are there at every big moment. Who are there at every big moment, and how their bumbling adventures set everything in motion. Um, the best joke... And, and for those who don't know Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, just think Lion King one-half, because yeah. that's the same joke. There's a great movie starring Dick Dreyfus uh, and Tim Roth that is an adaptation of it. It's a Tom Stoppard play that is... Kind of like uh, Waiting for Godot, but in Shakespeare. Takes two side characters from Hamlet and gives them their own story. And it's also... It's a spectacular story. Um, Taken from the one line they had in the play, where it's like, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Well, they, they're in it, and they have a couple of lines, but then Hamlet sets them up and has them slaughtered. And, uh, yeah, and then Tom Stoppard's like, let me make a whole friggin' sh thing about that. But super-duper cool. Uh, but... Tag and Binker Dead is an amazing comic. You've got to read it, but there's a great joke about it. Uh, if you ever watch uh, Return of the Jedi, there's a moment where um, Mon Mothma talks about the plans of the second Death Star, and she says, many Bothans died mm -hmm. to bring us this information. And uh, at that point, no one had ever seen or heard of a Bothan in their lives. It's true. 
never referenced. It was just a gibberish war. Hurt. Yeah, many Bothans died to bring us this information, and and Mon Mothma has like an oddly specific emotional response to it. You're like, what the hell is Mon Mothma's stake in these freaking Bothans? Can I say I've always been fascinated by the character of Mon Mothma? I've always really liked her, and she, you know, your, your eye was always drawn to her because she was only like one of three women characters. Yes, in and all one of them was home. a Twilight that got eaten by a Rancor. Yep. But, uh, in Tag and Bink are dead, Tag with a rebel spy, one rebel spy who brings them the Death Star plans, and his name is Manny. Manny mm. Bothhands. And <laughs> Manny sadly, Bothhands. Manny Bothhands was killed bringing them the information, and he was a really, really good friend of Bun Mothman's. <laughs> P- poor guy. Amazing joke. Uh, just so great. You should definitely go pick it up. I don't know where it is anymore, but I'm, I'm sure it's... I'm sure people can find it in this internet age. Yeah, but just go look for it because it's, it's spectacular. Uh, also, the stream died for just a second there, I think, oh. but we're back now. It's fine. Well, don't worry. It's fine. It's so, fine. Everything is fine. Nothing's fucked. Everything's yes. fine. Uh, everything's fine. Everything's perfectly all right here now. Thank you. How are you? There was a, there was a disturbance in the force, but we corrected it. Um, t- can you repeat that? We missed everything. Uh, just go, go by... Tag and Bink are dead. I think it's a two or three issue miniseries, and then they did a supplement issue after the prequels came out to uh, explain the ending a little bit better. Right. It's really fun. So go check it out. (laughs) Someone in the chat just had uh, Sal and Joel are dead now. (laughs) Because of the stream. It's amazing. Good good on you, Nimrod Canada. Good good (laughs) on you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so... uh, Let's see. What uh, any other any other thoughts about Star Wars? It's a celebration. What's your favorite thing about Star Wars, Joel? Ah, oh, man. You know, I think uh, you know when I really break it down, it is the whole identity thing. It is the whole cultural thing that sprung up around Star Wars. Like I said, I think it was very influential in geek culture, Star Wars culture. I think uh, just you know, uh, again, that we were talking about the lore, but it's more than just the lore. Like the whole. Jedi ideals before they were, of course, ruined in the prequels. I love this idea of the Force, this pseudo-religious thing, and yet something that broke down all borders and could be true to every single person out there. Where it's like the Force surrounds us, it penetrates us, you know? It's created by life. Like, life creates it. It's a beautiful beautiful sentiment. Yeah. Um, For me, I like the unifying nature that Star Wars used to be. Used Uh, to be, yes. Star Wars brought me my best friend of 10 years uh it connected me with different people on on the same level in a really really profound way it created languages uh it was the way in which i found people with whom i share a life and i would be i am i am indebted to star wars in profound and personal ways that i can't even begin to express uh Mm. even as you know, Star Wars began to change, grow, evolve, and betray me. Uh, <laughs> and then kind of come back to A little bit. End. You know, the new one is... Re- like, the new one, I, w- I was I was critical, but I still enjoyed the shit out of it. Um, and the new comics are good, and Rebels is great, and that's in the new continuity, I liked too. Rebels as well. Um, there's, there's so much about Star Wars that I think still allows things to be unified, but I think that it's not Star Wars' fault that it's not as unifying as it used to be. I think it's more... It, it happens when you get bigger and more popular. Well, I, I think it's the internet. I think it's I think it's the, the, splinter, the splinterification of nerd culture in general. Right. It used to be that, like, if, even if you... Like, it used to be nerds would, would argue over Star Wars versus Star Trek. Yeah. Now it's original trilogy versus prequel trilogy. It's true. And then it's, it's true. prequel trilogy versus new trilogy. And then it's original trilogy special editions... First original trilogy, not special edition. Like there's so much that that just picks the whole that splinters it into different factions. Used to be two camps, that now there's like 600 camps. We, we have more to fight about now than ever, which is kind of the problem with having more than ever. Heck, there's even fights going on. I'm a big fan of Rebels. Didn't love Clone Wars that much. I can't tell you how many fights I've gotten into between Rebels and Clone Wars. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
<clears throat> I rejected Clone Wars out of hand because it was connected to the prequels. Same here. Now, that being said, because I like Rebels so much and because Season 2 touched on a lot of the stuff from yes. Clone Wars, I went back and watched better Clone Wars episodes. I'm like, okay, these these are fine, but I still care more about the characters in Rebels because oh, they're not- original. Yes. Uh, it, it, the, the, the way in which Star Wars changed and splintered and, and divided fans, like, I know that I can't really connect with people now the way i did when it was different Mm. and so it represents a very very specific time in my life and for that i will be eternally grateful like i'll always love star wars for many different reasons i used to watch empire strikes back when i was sick that was my sick movie if i'm sick i throw on empire and i just i just lie in bed and i watch yoda train luke I watch Luke get better, and as Luke gets better, I get better. And it's just, that that is a very meaningful experience that I know is, you know, very specific. But, like, I think that, uh, you know, people... Someone in the chat just said, don't forget Porkins. Porkins gave his life for all of us. I fucking love, uh, going back to Wizard Magazine, they used to make fun of Porkins, (laughs) and I, like, didn't even know... Like, when I was a kid and I watched Star Wars, I didn't even notice the really, really fat rebel pilot. Um... Then Wizard made the joke to the nth degree, where they they made their own Porkins figure, and he was a, he was like an, a, a customized X-wing fi- like fighter oh, pilot, nice. but his shirt didn't fit, and he had like a hairy gut, and they always had like a little bag of chips in his hand. Sweet. And they made Porkins like comment on things or f- not fit in play. It was just it was just a terrible fat joke, eat with a Star Wars skin on it. Hilarious to an to an eleven year old. Uh, hilarious to a like <laughs> to a much older person. It's amazing. Uh, I like. Uh, there's also. I think somebody did a great like recut of Star Wars where Porkins just keeps dying. <laughs> nice. Um, the Porkins death cut. Yeah, it's, Porkins is so fucking funny. You know, yeah. Porkins is um, Eckhart from Batman 1989. That's right. He is. And he, and that guy is somebody else. I think he's oh, he's the the Washington bureaucrat in Raiders of the Lost Ark at the end who says top men with the pipe. Nice, in his um, amazing. So yeah. Uh, anyway, like, <laughs> I don't want to end it on Porkins. Joel, what else can we say about Star Wars before we wrap up the show? Uh, I, I think that Porkins is great, and Porkins will live on forever in our hearts. Is no. <laughs> Okay, you know, okay, okay, here's a good one. Actually, I got, I got a real one here. Okay. Uh, who in the Star Wars universe? What, what group did you always want to be slash join? And what group slash faction do you think you would actually be part of in real life? Mm. As a kid, I always wanted to be a Jedi. Mm -hmm. But who who didn't? Yeah, but I always had a soft spot for like Han. Oh yeah, the smuggler lifestyle is great. It's like modern cowboys. It's it's everything that Firefly would become. Exactly. Um I think that I I would want to be a rebel. I right. think I, I think would end up being party. a moisture farmer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's where we go. I mean, hey, for all we know, there's like a great, you know, podcast throughout the Star Wars universe. Hey, you're listening to the Space Cast, everybody. Yeah, you're welcome to Tatooine Radio. <laughs> yeah, th- that could be us, or, you know, maybe m- maybe not to let myself on as like a horrible collaborator or something where it's like, oh, look over there. It's uh, Arch Governor Daly of the Empire. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Just coming today to say you got to pay your taxes. Don't forget to pay your taxes. And hey, don't forget the Empire is always hiring for stormtroopers. <laughs> It's true. Is that I'd be one of the I'd be one of like I wouldn't be one of the evil type Empire dudes. I wouldn't be a trooper. I wouldn't be out there shooting people. But I'd be one of those shitty Imperial governors. Is the thing is what I'd be. I'd be one of those guys. Oh, one of the regional governors who had direct control over the system. I'd be one of those guys where it's like, dude, come on, you used to be cool, man. We went to high school together. Then you sold out to the Empire, and now you're ruling over us. What the hell, man? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. You know what? I'm gonna throw it to the chat on the uh, post show. If you uh, if you're watching the show after it's live, let us know in the comment section down below what faction do you th- would you want to be, and what faction do you th- like? I want to be a Jedi, but I'll probably be. You know, Lobot. <laughs> nah, I, I'd be one of those dudes drinking in the cantina, listening to the Jizz Whalers is what I'd be doing. <laughs> I'd be one of those guys. Or, hey, Salacious Crumb, that's a good jet. <laughs> yeah, that's a good... 
it's a good gig. You know, he probably got a he probably had a good fifty years of just yeah. You're sure he did? Yeah, of getting Jabba sloppy seconds. That's <laughs> yeah, that's right. the just worst thing. Everything. That's the worst thing. We always we always say something horrible in this show, and that I think was it. Who, who who do you think is lower on the totem pole? Obviously, Salacious Crumb, who is basically just like a parrot who's you know eating the droppings yes. of Jabba when he can't get it all in his mouth, or that or the other dude, the squid-headed dude, his name escapes me at the moment. Uh, friggin' oh, I used to know this. Oh, from uh, oh, you mean you mean Bib Fortuna? Bib Fortuna, yeah. Who do you think's lower on the totem pole, Salacious Crumb or Bib Fortuna? Salacious Bib Crumb was getting the door. I mean, like Salacious Crumb doesn't have to do anything. No, not really. Like, Salacious Crumb takes no orders. So I guess Salacious Crumb, <laughs> although... I mean, like, Bib Fortuna... Has clothes. He has, he, yes, but Bib, Bib, Salacious Crumb doesn't need clothes. He <laughs> Assumedly. <laughs> Salacious Crumb is more like a hedonism character. He represents... He's more like this, a pet. Maybe he's not even a person. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Salacious Crumb is a person. Um, he's He is just a pet. He's just a, he's just a more conscious pet than others. Um... But he laughs, so he clearly has a sense of humor. Unless that's just how his race talks and laughs. <laughs> yeah, this guy gets it. No, that's just the sound he makes every five seconds. <laughs> turns, turns out that guy never thought anything was funny. He just does that every three minutes. <laughs> that's how he breathes. And that's and that's why Jabba had him. Where he's like, good, finally, someone who will always laugh at my jokes. You, <laughs> you, you get to sit right here. <laughs> it's true. The Hut really does appreciate a good chuckle every once in a while. I mean, you know. Oh. <laughs> Man, you know, another crappy job in the Star Wars universe having to be that uh, Rancor Wrangler. Although that guy genuinely seemed to love his job, didn't that he? That guy right loved his until... Rancor, that poor son of a bitch. That poor guy. Man, just what an odd, sympathetic moment there. It was like, we're going to kill you, Jedi. Oh, man, that dude's pet just died. Yeah, that really sucks. What a weird moment to to make real in that in that thing. He's literally, it's a, it's a Jason and the Argonauts moment. It's a moment where, like, Luke has to battle the monster. And then this poor fat man... No, his 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 like it's just a and it, and then of course as the rancor's dying, you know, pinned by the port cutlass, it makes a sad dog sound effect. It does this horrible death monster that's a boss in every one of the video games. Yep, makes a like a like a poor sad sick dog sound just so that just to reinforce the point that it sucks this rancor died that death is that death is random and it and it's and it and it hurts it affects everyone like <laughs> and, and heck in some of the continuities too rancors are endangered they're hard to find yeah that's true um, way to go luke way to kill an endangered species you dick i don't remember what comic i read but there was a comic where um Jabba had one of those terrible, stupid monsters from from uh, Attack of the Clones from the Gladiator mm. scene. Oh God! Yeah, and it like it it like dies or gets like blown up or something, and then Jabba's like, "We need a new thing for the. We need a new monster for the pit. Perhaps a Rancor." Um, Star Wars is full of those like wink, wink, obvious reference kind of jokes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. I was. Can I just say? Do you remember when? You remember Attack of the Clones when like they, they, they open all the gates. That was the one. That was my last hope for that whole goddamn series. Your last new hope. Well, I went. I oh man! At least we'll get to see a rancor. Yeah, I know, right? And then we don't see a rancor. There's a bunch of new stupid monsters that aren't as cool as the puppet. We see an evil cat. We see a stupid rhino, and we see like. Something out of Planet Fucking Hulk, like, <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> because because Gladiator was big that year, and we needed to have something you know that could stand up with it. Yep, we didn't, George. Don't don't go to the movies. Just yes, make stop one. Stop going to the movies. And stop um, getting ideas. Yeah, st- <laughs> ideas. That's like that's like Whoa. going to see a Quentin Tarantino movie and being like, I think I want to do a crime movie about a bunch of hilarious people who are all very different but also equally terrible. And, like, and one guy doesn't want a tip. Yeah. God damn it. Um, anyway, May the 4th, it's a celebration of Star Wars. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, I, I have a real problem with, like, hallmark generated bullshit holidays but you know what like meaning comes from many different corners of the world star wars for example and it should be no different and no less meaningful so you know use the may May the fourth 
to celebrate that which unifies us all. This is the time when we all, like, we can recapture that moment that I talked about previously where we're, we're so splintered and we all, we're all divided. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. May the Fourth could mean something to us in, in as much as it could unify Star Wars fans in a, in a profound and fundamental way. That's should mean. In fact, let's say that right now. On May the 4th, all the different Star Wars factions and tribes, let us put our differences aside on this day and one day only from this point forward. Yes, we'd all just acknowledge that we love Star Wars. There's no asterisk. There's no, like, wink or, like, crossed fingers. It's just, I like Star Wars and if you do too, there's something that we share, and that makes us that makes us part of a community. Totally, totally, totally. That means something. So, anyway, that's it. So, I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us. I want to thank my co-host Joel, of course, for being here as always. Uh, if you want to check out Joel, there's a link in the description box below this video where you can go to his channel. Uh, Joel, what's happening on Cape Joel this week that everybody can go check out? Uh, well, like I say every week, if you head on over to my channel right now, you can uh, check out uh, the newest episode of the Comic Multiverse. That's the show I do with my old Blood Sweat comic host, Matt. Had a fun episode this week. We talked about a bunch of different stuff there. Uh, also, as soon as I'm done this, I'm going to finish editing my review for The New Punisher from Becky Cloonan, so be sure to check that out later tonight. Nice, nice. Did oh, you get a chance to read that one yet? I did not. I want to, though, because Tiffany was recommending it on Off the Rack. i got to check it out. I won't spoil it. It's very fun. They do something quite interesting with Frank in the first issue. Good. <laughs> I should hope so. Um, we, uh, we over here on Comic Pop launched. It might be the last episode of Dark Knight 3 WTF. I saw that. I saw how depressed you all were when you started. That. Just You're so, like, you know what? Screw it. Just who cares? I mean, like, but there was a lot of, like, people asking for us not to end the show. And the fact is, the book comes out so infrequently that, like, it doesn't really hurt anybody to make it a part of the show. <laughs> It really, it really does, and that's the worst part. Where it's like you were all gung ho for it when you start, like, yeah, you know what? This, this is so cool and so important. This needs its own show just for it. Is what it needs. Yep. No, it doesn't deserve it, but we might give it a twin anyway. Uh, so DK three WTF uh, episode four came out today. Uh, t tonight, in the next couple of hours, we will release tomorrow's uh, uh, back issues, which is on Fallen Sun: The Death of Captain America, because uh, I have a sneaking uh, suspicion it might be relevant. I don't know. I don't. I didn't see it. I'm not spoiling the movie. Don't spoil the movie Neither in the chat. I. I just. I don't know if it's. I, I, I see the movie Friday. I'm seeing it tomorrow. Lucky I, you. I can't wait. I'm. D d damn my small town theater and not having midnight showing. That's bullshit. Every theater should do a midnight showing for movies like this. It's true, but you know what? it's going to be a nice double shot for me because I'm going to go see the movie on Friday. Then Saturday I'm going to go do free comic book day. Nice. And of course, free comic book day is on Saturday. Everybody, go to your local comic book store, patronize their stores, pick up their wares. They're probably going to do some sales. It's going to be a lot of Support great issues. Support your brick and mortars, yo. Support your comic book stores. Uh, and if you're going to be at Dewey's Comic City, maybe we'll stop by. Who knows? Uh, anyway, that's it from us here on Comic Pop. I want to thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.